0: This is Stephanie and this is the Mocha Minutes podcast. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to let you know about something that's a little new here at the Mocha Minutes podcast. We are now participating in Buy Me a Coffee. So if you haven't heard, buymeacoffee.com is a place where you can show some um, support and some love monetarily to some of your favorite content creators. That includes me. <laughs> um, so it's in the increments of either $1, $3, or $5. And you can do as many as you would like. Um So I just wanted to let you guys know with love, 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 some support. So if you would go to buymeacoffee.com backslash mocha minutes, I would greatly appreciate it. It will also be in the show notes.
1: Okay, here we go. Three times now. Everybody loves the things you do from the way you talk. To the way you move. Everybody here is watching you because you feel like oh, you're like a dream come true. But if by chance you're here alone, can I have a moment before I go? Because I've been by myself all night long. Hoping you're someone I used to know. You look like a movie. You sound like a song. My God, this reminds me of when we were young.
0: Hello. Welcome to the Mocha Men's Podcast. I'm Stephanie thank you so much for joining me um i don't know why but you know when it's kind of rainy out kind of cloudy adele puts me in a mood you know i'm always in the adela's mood when it's rainy. uh so thank you so much for joining me uh just gonna let you know today is a solo solo episode and it's inspired by a couple of voice notes i did on my twitter so um I've been doing a few voice notes. Sometimes it just comes to my mind and I just do it. And one that I did kind of recently, and I imagine like I'm doing them every day. I don't I do them every once in a while. One of them kind of sparked and I went, I really should just record a solo podcast to just get it all out, get it all out, get it all out. Right. Um, But a lot has transpired in the last, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. In the Bravo reality TV, reality TV universe, I mean, there was like a wild 24 hours of a lot going on. You have Larsa on Tamron. You got Peter versus Gordon. Uh, you got, oh yeah, Peter was found now guilty of his alleged assault. You got uh, Michael Darby allegedly suing Candace.
1: it's it's, it's
0: a lot you know it's wow it's just a lot that's that's what I have to say um but it's just been wild 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 for 24 hours and now gotta sit down and go what girl what is happening what girl (sighs) a lot you know just a lot so hold on to your butts let's get it started so first thing I wanted to talk about is the inspiration of this so everybody has seen Dilbert <coughs> sorry sorry I do not go it everybody's seen Dilbert There's a comic strip in a lot of newspapers, very satirical, kind of, you can tell it was written by a white dude. Like, I'm not even going to hold you, but it's very, you know, a lot of people enjoyed it. Well, the creator of the Dilbert comic strip is named Scott Adams, and he has his own YouTube channel where he says the things, you know, and I'm going to pull it up. Y'all can hear me typing. I type really fast, Ah. y'all. so. He has a he has a youtube channel where it's like it's just him it looks like he's sitting in like his living room or his office and he's talking so he was on his channel and he brought up a poll and you know it kind of got a lot of no, notification now um He's done a lot of videos and he is, you know, to his credit, he has not taken this video down, which I don't see why he would, quite frankly. So shout out to the economist because they get a nice little workup. Because um, Scott had read a poll from a random um conservative place. It said, I guess it's the rest And it was a badly worded poll. I agree with the economist when they said this. Um, so let me give you. The background, Dilbert and Dogbert, a cartoon office worker and his canine companion, have been staples of the American Funny Pages for three decades, which is very true. The comic the comic, originates as a satire at the white-collar office and poked fun at mismanaging bosses and time-wasting meetings. But in recent years, Scott Ems, the creator of the oddly-shaped, bespeckled office work, yeah, bespeckled be spectacled, sorry, office worker has drawn stripes on corporate diversity quotas and whether people should be able to choose their pronouns. On February 2nd, Mr. Adams appeared in a YouTube live stream in which he called Black Americans a hate group and advised white people to get the hell away from them. The partner publications of Dilbert quickly condemned Mr. Adams and announced they would stop publishing the comic. Like the office workers he satirized, Mr. Adams' career suicide was partly down to abusing data. His source appears to be a poll from Rasmussen Reports, which, according to Mr. Adams, showed that nearly half, quote unquote, of American African-Americans are, quote unquote, not OK with white people. That's a hate group, Mr. Adams said. I don't want to have anything to do with them. The comic creator's comments misconstrued two numbers from the poll. However, and the survey itself is confusing. The poll, which, which Rasmussen released on February 22nd, asked Americans whether they agreed or disagreed with the statement, it's OK to be white seventy two percent agreed with this and twelve percent disagreed. Rasmussen has quickly was quick to highlight an outlier group. fifty three percent of black Americans said it is okay to be white while twenty six percent disagreed. in addition, twenty one percent of black adults said they were not sure how they felt. Mr. Adams appeared to have added the last group to the shared share disagreeing that it's acceptable to be white in the video, Mr. Adams says he has been, identifying as Black for years now because he likes to, quote-unquote, be on the winning team. Many respondents were probably confused by the bizarre question stuck into a, to a survey that also asked about Joe Biden's approval rating and whether respondents believed they had suffered, quote-unquote, major side effects from COVID-19 vaccines. Indeed, 17% of respondents said they were not sure how they felt on the race question. According to Matthew Graham, a scholar of survey research, the higher than average share of undecided respondents indicates the question is poorly understood, not just by those who answered not sure, but by those who gave an answer to. It is possible that some people simply said they disagree with the question because they were not themselves white, for example. Social scientists tend to ask people how they feel about racial groups using a feeling thermometer scale. That is where a respondent ranks a group on a scale of coldly to warmly from zero to 100. According to the economist analysis of such data from the American National Election Studies, a quadrennial academic survey, 60% of black Americans in 2020 rated whites warmly at least a 51 out of 100. Meanwhile, 60% of whites rated blacks warmly. Until recently, Black Americans felt more warmly towards whites than vice versa. That changed in 2016. According to the Anti-Defamation League, the statement, it's okay to be white, was created by white supremacists on 4chan, a message board site as a way to provoke progressives into condemning the statement, proving how unreasonable they were being. A nonpartisan pollster would probably have avoided asking such a question. Mark Mitchell, Rasmussen's head pollster, defended the survey against the haters, quote-unquote, and quote-unquote, anti-polling troglodytes, questioning his methods. He said that the firm is asking reasonable questions that the, quote-unquote, media is not covering, that he knows what America really thinks, and it's not what's being reported by the news. Perhaps what Rasmussen reports is really after his attention. If so, it got what it wanted. So that's from The Economist. And I think what's really, really interesting when I think about this is the way that they're wording it. So essentially, because the poll is worded bad, that is the reason why uh Scott Adams had this reaction. That's actually kind of oversimplifying the thing, the um the situation, but also kind of making it seem like Scott Adams had no choice. In this video, which I read, which I watched some of it, he was like, I identify with Black because I want to be on the winning team. And I mean, I don't like this. And I, I mean, why would you say this? And I'm sitting here. So the first thing when he said, I don't want to identify with this, you know, I'm going to go back to being white. First thing is, that is not how any of this works. The second thing is, if you identify as Black anyway, why would you care? See how that works? He does, because he cares. Because just saying you're Black because you just feel like saying you are is not a reason. Also, as a white man, straight presenting, you're at the top of the food chain of what it is powerful demographics. You are straight presenting, you are a male, and you are white. You have a lot more power in the demographic you are in to move change for oppressed groups. But yet, you think someone's race is a joke. And then when a pollster from a site who probably is not getting as many clicks as views as he wants, decided to use dog whistles from a white supremacist leaning uh, place. um, And they're like, no, it's not my fault because of this. I'm like, I'm putting it out because I know how people think. So essentially, you know how racist white people think. I think that's what you're trying to say, without really saying it. But here's the thing. Um, the economist is leaning more towards it's the polls error. And you know, it's like if it wasn't, if it was worded better, he probably wouldn't have said that. And when I think about that, I think about uh I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. I really don't think this it's not given what y'all think it is. I quite honestly. Want people to just when people fuck up, just let them fuck up. Do not say, oh, well, it's because the poll is written incorrectly. What does that have to do with the words coming out of his mouth? Kind of nothing. Um, and the thing about this, Andrew Tate, <laughs> um, I'm saying Andrew Tate, sorry. Scott Adams, he has like they a lot of people have pulled Dilbert from everywhere. Um, they've pulled it all the places. A lot of places said, look, this was not, um, like, yeah, I'm I'm like, I'm not going to sit here or, um, I'm not going to, I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought. This is what happens when I don't drink enough coffee. Um, people dropped him. Different publications said they dropped him, and they're like, it wasn't a hard decision. Also, apparently, he was writing a book. His agent dropped him. He lost his book deal. There's a lot of stuff that happened. Um, and you know, it's really, f- and you know, it's really funny about all of this. And I'm, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be like, what's funny about all of this? Um, it's everybody else's fault. He really, honestly doesn't get it because the thing about it is is he's literally acting like the white man he always is instead of instead of acting like the black man that he wants to cosplay as when i think about how this is just it's just sad when I think about it because now it becomes y'all are just trying to cancel me because I speak the truth. You know, Scott Adams at this point is talking about, um, he put up a poll saying, does canceling me make race relations in America better or worse? 50.5% people said worse. Um, 40.3% no change. 9.2% better. Um, I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of black people or woke black people or um, just conscious of their blackness, black people or any oppressed group that truly follows him and they voted for this. I think what's really, really interesting is that now people are trying to figure out what exactly was his end game here? Um, Because apparently he did not know that it's okay to be white. He didn't realize, and it's like, that's actually kind of funny when I think about it, because it's like now someone who purports himself to be extremely smart is not all that smart. So basically you don't do research before you speak. Because I could I could wax philosophical about some other things, but I'm gonna focus on something else. And again, I'm trying to keep it narrow, but y'all know me, I like to talk. So in this poll that Scott Adams listed, it said, excuse me, um, 47% of black respondents um because he added two different ones, 21 and 26, together saying it's not okay. And then all of a sudden that means they're a hate group. As, As someone who tries not to talk in absolutes, it actually boggles my mind to watch somebody actually do it. 40, like you're saying black Americans, I'm like the people who took this poll, you're not talking about 100% of Black Americans, but even most polls don't have 100%. However, they do say how many people they have. West Muslim reports is not, I'm pretty sure it's not peer reviewed. It's not the Census Bureau. It's not a reputable statistical data source. And yet it did not take that long for someone who's been probably at this way too long to not realize that you are making a mistake. But the thing about it is he doesn't because the thing about it is is like when it comes to white people who behave and react the same way as Scott Adams does, they want it to go back to where it was like, I could say what I want and there's no consequences. Not getting a book deal and getting your comic strip pulled—it's consequences, but it's not as deep of a consequence as you, as he would like to think. Also, Scott Adams said something that a a lot of "quote unquote" well-meaning white people like to do. What I mean by that is there are some people who look at helping another oppressed group as they're only they're not doing it for a good reason, they're doing it because um they want clout or they want cookies or or medals or a ticket tape parade. You don't request a ticker tape parade for doing decent things and actually supporting and being an ally to an oppressed group is not something you should look for a reward for. Because Scott Adams, who said he called himself, he's been claiming to be black for the last few years because he wants to be on the winning team and the minute that the winning team that you are on allegedly is not okay with being white all of a sudden you're like i'm ready to opt out that's the thing if you're so quickly looking at ways to opt out you never opted in in the first place but also you don't need to claim to be black to support black people i am a cis i am a cisgender straight straight woman straight black woman you do not see me claiming to be trans. You do not see me claiming to be queer to demonstrate support as much as I possibly can for LGBTQ plus people. You do not see me um, claiming to be Jewish to throw any support that I can provide to the Jewish community. That's not how any of this works. You can stay in your station and be an ally because here's the thing about being an ally or offering support. If you're an if you purport yourself to being an ally or at least striving to be, striving to um do allyship, know that you're going to lose something. You have to be prepared for that. It may be friends, it may be money, it may be work, maybe time, whatever you look at a loss. But you're going to have to be prepared to lose something. Um and for Scott Adams, it was like very much Miss Millie. I was so good to you people and y'all don't think it's okay to be white, which by the way, um, when it comes to white supremacists and getting well-meaning white people or white people who are not aware of their privilege or aware that they benefit from racism and white supremacy, it is so easy to sucker y'all in and white supremacists know that. Racists know that it's so easy to sucker you in. And if you want to know why I probably feel that way, look at the 2016 election. Look at the January 6, 2021 insurrection. There's a good amount of people at both of those instances. You know, the election results or, or voting during the 2020 election. I'm sorry, 2016 election and the insurrection. A good percentage of the people there would never, ever say that they're racist. They have a a problem with another race. They wouldn't even claim it. But the white supremacists that are probably with them knew it's like, hey, we could just bring y'all in because you're stupid. They ain't gonna call you stupid to your face. Or they may call you stupid to your face and say, I could shoot somebody in the middle of, in broad daylight and I wouldn't lose any votes. By the way, that person won the 2016 election. Scott Adams is not hurting. He's been doing this for 30 years. I'm pretty sure he is a well-off Very like what a well-off white man in an affluent lifestyle. He is just fine because here's what's going to happen. He's going to lose. I don't say endorsements. Endorsements is not the word I want to use. He's going to lose like comic strips. He's going to lose a book deal. But let's be very clear. Right wing, right wing people are probably going to be beating down his door because that's usually what happens. They're gonna be down this door and say, Oh, gimme, give gimme. Give Please come over here with us. Because at this point, we're in March now. Um, yeah, because this was the other thing that kind of pissed me off. it have been doing Black History Month. I'm like, can you just do this some other time of the year? I'm kidding. Don't do this any part of the year. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Scott Adams, do it on your birthday. Do it that day. Do it on George Washington's birthday. Something. It's like uh pick something else. So at this moment. Scott Adams is um he I want to say tweeting through it because I'm pretty sure he's looking at it as like it's uh you know I'm satirical I'm like what you said is not okay it's not it's not cool it's not thought provoking it just makes you look like an asshole it just it does um cuz so he's tweeting through it where he did not realize, and the thing about it is, is so let's look at the phrase it's okay to be white. So it's okay to be white, IOTBW, is a slogan which originated as part of an organized alt right trolling campaign on the website 4chan's discussion board in 2017. A user described it as proof of concept that an otherwise innocuous message could be used maliciously to spark media black backlash. Posters and stickers stating it's okay to be white were placed in streets in the U.S. as well as on campuses in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom. The slogan has been supported by white supremacists, including neo-Nazis. Media coverage of the event, including Fox News host Tucker Carlton, asking what's the correct position, that it's not okay to be white, was seen as reaching in as was seen as reacting in the way that the trolling campaign had intended. So that's the thing. That's how dog whistles truly work. A dog whistle, it's a sound. A dog whistle emits a sound only a dog could hear, but that dog will come running when they hear it. Just in case you didn't know what a dog whistle is. And the thing about it is, racist, white supremacists, alt-right, they play y'all every time. Because you'll fall right in. And now we have Scott Adams kind of sitting here thinking, oh, I'm smarter than the average bear. No, you're not. Because you fell into it just like just like they did. But also the other part about this is, it was the use of a pole that does not speak Who a large percentage of black people. If I'm sorry. I'm a black woman, I love being a black woman. It's okay to be black. It's more than okay if we're being honest. But you won't see that working. It only works on white people. It works so easy. But that's how whites that's how insidious white supremacy and racism truly is. It's so it gets in so easy and it stayed for God knows how long it hasn't moved. It hasn't died out. It hasn't gone out of style. It's just morphed into different ways. Scott Adams is just the latest person to do it. um, because let's be very very clear. When you are a person, when you are a black person or a person of color or someone from an oppressed group, when someone from the majority culture or white culture or a white person that you enjoy, a famous person does something either racist, homophobic, transphobic, anti-Semitic, sexist, misogynist, whatever obiaism that you want to use. When they do something, and I've maintained this because this is how I feel. I am never surprised. I'm just always disappointed. I don't put racism and white supremacy past anybody because, one, we're all groomed in it, we were all raised in it. It's, it's insidious and systemic, and it it's also irrational. There's no rational thought that goes along with hating someone about something they couldn't possibly change. So for me, I'm never surprised. At my big age, because I'm over 40, I'm just disappointed. We're now in 2023. 2023. And the fact that that slogan, because one, it's okay to, or this phrase is going to be white because it's considered a slogan. The fact that this is still around and people just don't know or aren't aware or literally will not stop falling for the okie doke is laughable to me. It just is. It just is. So, you know, Scott Adams is not going to get canceled because nobody truly gets canceled. Canceling someone should be something literally to, it should be specific to a person, not to a group, because literally you're not going to get everyone to to agree on canceling one person ever, no matter what they do. That's like horrible, tragic, or vile. There's going to be, if like, if it's not everybody on door, that's not going to happen. I mean, unless you're Daniel Caesar and you tell people to cancel you. People go, bet. Hmm. And even then, I think he could still make, he could sing over some beats and still make some music, right? Okay. Another thing that has, that, Had me looking kind of like, girl, what? It's about reality TV. It really is. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what it is about him. I just adore him. I I don't know what it is. Um, Just adore him. It has been a wild 24 hours um, in Bravo land. And so let's talk about several things together. So the first thing is. Drew ah, Sedora and Ralph Pittman are getting divorced. Now, when it first came out, it was Ralph Pittman has filed for divorce. He also gave a statement to people. And I was like, whoa. So first it was. um, They're divorcing. It's like, oh, wow. OK. It's like, that's unfortunate. Any break, no matter how I feel about their coupling and Lord have mercy, do I have thoughts. Um, breaking up a home is not, it's not easy. It's a hard thing to do. I think people were shocked because it literally came out of nowhere because RHOA has wrapped filming, if I'm not mistaken. So they're like, wait, this has been people. I was like, wait, this has been people? That's nuts. But- you know, people were shocked, and then I saw who allegedly filed first. It was Ralph, and I, I think a couple of friends of mine. They're like, I was a little bit shocked by this, and I was like, hmm. So when you, and I think about how their relationship was presented, or how they presented themselves on the show, um, I'm not I, at the time. I wasn't surprised. I was like, oh, oh well, yeah, because I'm she was, 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 was seem like she was doing this hella high water her and um Ralph were gonna make this work so when it was like oh he filed first well he filed and I was like huh I'm not shocked by that then comes out that Drew actually filed before he did 61 whole minutes and I went (laughs) it's going on apparently I think essentially both of them said the same irreconcilable differences. I think he wants half of her money and, you know, now the things are, it's like the thread is being pulled from the sweater where Drew is now alleging that he was, um, abusive, um, uh, physically and mentally, allegedly. And that He also was a serial cheater, so I think a lot of people were not surprised that they broke up. I think it was the timing that really probably threw everybody off, right? Um, I'm sorry. It always sidebar. It always got me when he like left for days and went to Tampa, and then acted like. His wife didn't have any kind of leg to stand on to say what the fuck do you mean you're like you're not going to tell me what happened you just disappeared for days. Um. So, hmm. So what Drew is alleging in her filing is um is an amended complaint. She said she could simply cannot. She, I'm sorry, simply cannot take Pittman's continued blatant disrespect and mental abuse. Any longer um she also alleged that he was a repeated uncondoned adult that he he committed sorry repeated uncondoned adultery during the marriage and even allowed his multiple paramours to have direct contact so that they could flaunt their relationships with him and i'm like girl now also in the complaint these are these are quotes that i'm saying the unmitigated gall and audacity to screenshot and send sexting messages directly to her and Pittman. That was what she alleged that one of his, um, I don't want to say many whores, but one of his side, his sneaky links, because Giselle, that is a sneaky link. Um, So according to her, once confronted with the text messages, Drew said that her husband requested they attend marriage counseling where he professed his love for her. So it was a thing. So, when you looked at the last season of Atlanta, it looked like he was trying to fix things, allegedly. But according to Drew, she's alleging that her husband's cruel treatment had accelerated and gotten progressively worse last month. During one argument, she claims in the filing, Pittman allegedly grabbed her cell phone out of her hand, which caused her to fall on the to the floor. He then, I'm sorry, the laugh is the wording, fall to the floor. I, I don't know why that just struck me. It is not funny what's happening to her. So I apologize. It sounds, for, I apologize for being insensitive by laughing. He then, quote unquote, literally peeled the phone out of her hand aggressively, she claimed. After she asked for her cell phone back, Pittman allegedly screamed he paid the cell phone bill and the phone belonged to him. She then called 911, but the the police did not arrive, the documents stated. Sidora later obtained a new cell phone. Pittman's alleged actions, Sidora said in the documents, led her to have a reasonably justified apprehension for her emotional health and for the mental and emotional health of her children. So she has three children. She has two with Ralph. Anaya and Makai, and that she her older child, Josiah, is um her son with her previous fiance, and the one that she had, yeah, that's the one who was calling Ralph New Daddy girl. Why? No. Mm-mm. So apparently, Drew also says that she considered filing an application for a temporary protective order um against against Ralph and flying with her children to Chicago where they could feel mm-hmm. safe. So there's a lot going on with her. So um, it's a lot going on, but again, more stuff coming out. Additionally, Sidora claimed in the complaint that Pittman has been financially abusive through their marriage, including during the week of February 13th. It's March 2nd, you guys, where he allegedly withdrew a large sum of money from her business bank Mm. account across multiple days. What? The person, the television personality. That, so I'm, I will say this. Let me back this up. I'm reading from. I am reading from the People um article that was written by my boo Thing, my um, my furry um e nephew's um daddy, Dave Quinn, and um Stephanie Wanger. So they're the writers of this um article. <clears throat> so, let me get back to reading the article. Girl, this is a lot. Oh my gosh. Okay, the television personality claimed that he has asserted himself into all her business affairs and has taken tr- control of all of her business and personal finances. According to the documents, Pittman had access to her business funds and spent more than at least 50% or more of all income that Sedora earned during the marriage under the guise of paying household bills. He also allegedly squandered hundreds of thousands of dollars of a personal injury settlement received by his wife. Sedora is quote unquote Certain that her income has paid more of the house, has paid most of the household bills through the duration of their marriage, she adds. Pittman has wiggled his way into every work project that Sedora has, in an effort to keep himself on camera for Rl RHOA and elsewhere as much as possible. Wednesday, er, earlier Wednesday, Pittman released an exclusive statement to People about the end of their marriage. So yeah, so this is why everybody thought that Ralph. Filed first because he had filed, but he'd also give a statement. So he was the first. He literally he got first crack. <clears throat> so this was his statement. Love is a beautiful thing. Unfortunately, we have made the difficult decision to move on to our next chapters, independent of each other. Drew and I have decided to file for divorce. We have three amazing young children, and their mindset and growth is what is most important. As we navigate this difficult time, I ask that you please respect our privacy. Drew gave her um her own statement. After eight years of wholeheartedly fighting for my marriage, I have made the agonizing decision to release my husband with love. Although Ralph and I have decided to move forward separately, the hope is to remain friends so that we can co-parent responsibly. In spite of our very public life, I am asking for privacy during this difficult time as my children and I learn how to navigate through our new beginnings. So essentially the same con. Same vein of a of a statement, but a little bit different, right? And so she filed before Ralph. So in his, so this is Ralph in his divorce filing, filed as a contested divorce. Something Sidora claimed in her amended complaint was in an effort to strike first in divorce court to embarrass and humiliate her. Pibin listed a couple separation date as February 19th. Sedora claims they have been separated since last Thursday, February 23rd. Her petition notes that there is no chance or hope of reconciliation between the spouses. Both want custody of their children, because of course they do. Pittman requesting joint legal and physical custody, while Sedora has asked for joint legal but temporary and permanent primary physical custody, per their documents. So essentially, um, Sedora has no. So Drew has no problem with him visiting, but she wants. Um, her primary she wants to be the custodial parent, so the primary parent. Um, she also wants to keep living in their home, doesn't want to pay Pittman's pay Pittman's debts. No debts, child, and ask that he pay his share of child support. What's his share? Okay. Basically, she wants him to pay child support, but you should. Her complaint says that Pittman should not be entitled to any alimony or spousal support from her due to his repeated and condoned adultery. You yeah, like don't pay him alimony because he cheated on me. What? Okay. Sidora and Pittman married in August 2014. Oh, in August? August is such a wonderful month. Six years later, in 2020, Sidora made her debut on RHOA's 13th season. Many of the couple's marital roles leading up to the divorce have been seen on the Bravo series. And it has. <sighs> so, mm, Yeah. I don't, and, and the thing about it is a lot of people are probably rejoicing and saying, OMG, like, yes, get away. I'm like, yeah. Did Ralph, did it, was it presented to us based on how their um, interactions on the show, how the show scene also didn't help with them being on Watch What Happens Live or reunions. Did it present that they are not a good match? Absolutely. But there's no way in hell you're going to tell me that Drew Sedora is not in any pain. I know she is. And I I guess, I guess Ralph is too, but no no shade, I kind of don't care because I'm sorry. He lost me when he went to Tampa, Florida, did not tell her anything. And then when he came back and she asked what was happening, he acted like, it was like, literally, she was crazy to ask her that. And then also top off the fact that he said the woman who birthed two of his children was not worth a steak, and she was worth a lunchable. After you went to Tampa, I think the fuck not, sir the fuck not
1: okay um oh it's getting long y'all
0: i sound like i sound like i'm roddy the voice i really do um i'm trying to wrap it all up because it really is me and i want to do more solo dola episodes only because hmm, sometimes i want to just get it all out you know hopefully this makes sense so love and light to Drew Sidora because anybody who knows me, I have friends, Kendrick, I know. They know how I feel about Drew on the show. I do not, I, but however, a woman who birthed three children and two of the like, mm-mm, I'm like, yeah. Love and light to um, Drew going through this. And a part of me is kind of glad that they did rap filming before all of this came out. I kind of am glad though. But I have a feeling it's going to hurt when she sees her scenes on camera and it's going to be with Ralph. I don't even know what the season looks like, but I'm pretty sure it's going to probably sting a lot because, you know, it's your life and you're, you got to relive it. So I think the other thing that kind of, you no, know, it gets me, still gets me, kind of gets me, doesn't get me, is the discussion about reality stars and their life and what we see. Now, we all know about what happened with Robin Dixon and Juan Dixon, the whole thing with homegirl, the cash app request, the hotel lot, the hotel room. She allegedly dating a Raven star. And I said, which is he on the practice squad? He's the active roster. What is he? OK, I want to know. Right. We all heard the story and I heard all of the different discussions about it. I mean, I think I've been somewhat vocal about how I feel, but I'm going to keep, what is on the floor? Ah. Uh, oh, it's a, it's a thumbtack. Okay. um, So I'm somewhat vocal about how I feel about this. Um, huh, I don't know this person. So it's kind of like, I hear y'all when y'all say like, this just makes me look at Robin different or she should be fired. Actually, I don't hear y'all when y'all say she needs to be fired because I'm like, that's ridiculous to me. Um, But I watched as so many people wanted her, like they wanted Andrew to ring her out to screen. And on a Watch What Happens Live, when she was there with Ebony, I watched this about 11 or 12 minutes straight. She was grilled about everything that we heard. That's by the way, we would not be talking about if it wasn't a viral TikTok. And I feel like this TikTok went viral by design it wasn't about anything that happened to the show. A lot of people were like, "Oh, it's like if this happens on the show, we should know about it." Allegedly the whole thing that happened with um allegedly with Juan and this other woman happened before said season 7 cameras rolled. So this had nothing to do with the season. I think it's because if you don't like somebody, you want to see every bad thing that um is happening to them on camera. And I know there's some people who say, it's not that I don't like Robin. It's just that this. And it's like, yeah, I'm getting to why I'm bringing this up. So it's like, I hear y'all say, it's not that I dislike Robin. I just think it's unfair. Unfair. And I think they also bring up the whole Kenya of it all. And to a certain extent, it's like, "Ah, I could see that a little bit. But the other thing is, the hotel room is a little bit different than. Kenya. Kenya met a man and got married. She actually eloped. That was like that, would have been her whole storyline, as opposed to just a small percentage. Let's be very clear. That would have been a p- small percentage. Okay. So people are like, oh, you should live your life. You should be authentic on camera. We should see everything. People had no problem with Robin getting wrung out by Ed. and I'm like, and I'm putting this very loosely. Um, did I feel like it was a a A lot of questions. Yes. Do I feel like it was like, girl, what is happening? Yes. So then fast forward to Larsa Pippen being on Tamron Hall. It's about five minutes and 47 seconds. It's a clip that's there of their interview. And then it came back from commercial Blake and Larsa was like, oh my God, I was grilled. So you didn't know Larsa Pippen is one of the Real Housewives of Miami. Tamron Hall, she was coming. I guess they're doing promo because their reunion is going to be airing probably by next week because I think today was the finale. <clears throat> I saw a lot of people saying that she was being grilled and it was unfair because Larsa Pippen is dating her best friend, Michael Jordan's son. And I saw a lot of people saying that she was like, kind of grilled about this. So Michael Jordan's son is Marcus Jordan. Now, why is this somewhat significant? Larsa Pippen was married to Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen played the shooty hoops with Michael Jordan. Larsa Pippen is in her 40s. Marcus. Jo- okay. So is 48. Marcus Jordan is 32 years old. The way that she was kind of framing it, at least to me, and I'm like, I'm, it's only my opinion. She was kind of framing it as if you didn't, you just found out that he was related to Mark, to Michael Jordan. Ma'am, that is utterly ridiculous. So on one hand, I'm of two months. So if Scotty and Michael were on good terms, would it be the same as it is now, whereas him and Michael and Scotty allegedly are not on good terms? I'm wondering if it would mean more or less. I, I don't know. Truly, I don't. Um. So let's be very clear. Larson and Scotty Pittman got married in 1997. They did not... Um. And they finalized their divorce in December, 2021, more than three years after their split. Scottie Pittman is 57. Michael Jordan is 59. So again, she and Scotty are not that far removed from being divorced. Essentially, if they got divorced in 2021, it is now 2023, not even two years. So let's add up to about four years removed from being married to Scottie Pippen. You didn't know who that was. Oh. I am not Tamron Hall. I am not an investigative journalist. Tamron Hall is. And the thing, I found it very interesting that people... Um, were saying, Oh, she is just getting berated and grilled. And I'm like, girl, wait, what? This can't be the same um fan base. Because, you know, if stuff is kind of fishy, y'all said, y'all no, mention it all. Cause then what y'all said to Robin. Um, and also allegedly, she was dating Marcus Jordan. While she was filming. While she was filming the show. She was allegedly dating Marcus Jordan. That never came up. And nobody is asking for it to come up. See, the thing about it is when we talk about we want authenticity with reality stars, I mean, and that's just the flow of the discussion. I'm not talking about every person who watches Miami or Potomac or Bravo or reality TV in general. Let me say that. I'm talking about the wave of discussion that is happening. I thought it was like, it's funny to your girl that it became like, she's not, Robin's not showing us her whole life. There's a lot of people who don't do that. There's three other people on that show that don't do that. I'm talking about Potomac, okay? Y'all can't see me smiling. You can't see me. So to watch people say, nope, you got to give us authenticity or get the fuck off the show. Let me know if y'all going to keep that same energy with Larsa. Let me know. Because one, Tamron came back from break and actually addressed that. And she's like, just help me to understand you know, where, where that went wrong. Andy didn't do that. He just said, Oh, you answered it. This that was tough. You answered all of it. Cause it was straight through with Robin. I find it very interesting. But the thing about it is the moving of the goalposts, that also is a thing about reality TV stars, right? And people who I'm oh, sorry, reality TV watchers, right? Um that's not surprising to me that people are just like, no, th- we we all don't keep that same energy. Cause I could say all this about Robin, leave her alone, but then. I can bring up the fact, like, how come y'all not coming after Larsa? Um, or I got so many thoughts about Miami, but I think I'm going to table it. But I, I find it interesting. So, because on one hand, the thing about this, I get both sides of this, because it's kind of like, why are y'all, why she gotta explain about Scotty? Scotty, Scotty's her ex husband he he does not have control of her life she he has no say in her life anymore i understand that part also grilling a woman and i guess trying to know, basically doing Tamron hall as a as a talk show host versus investigative journalist cuz let's be very clear she gets to the main thing to the main thing because i see some of the people who are saying <laughs> oh she went too hard on Larsa um same thing when she went after Stassi same kind of vein here she's an investigative journalist if something don't sound right she's gonna go wait a minute hold up that doesn't sound right but I'll, but some people did not see that I was one of those people like no get her because it doesn't make sense and I think when it comes to if you want a puff piece and you want something um kind of loosey-goosey come to Tamarin Hall she's literally the person that you don't talk to unless you know that you're going to be prepared for this. Um, going on Tamron's show is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the weak. It's truly not. I think, um, I mean, I could talk about the Peter and Gordon thing. I think it's actually kind of me, the me of it all, literally. And I'm like, I'm like blaming women, but Mia said something on the second part of the Potomac reunion about Peter Thomas. You know, everybody named mama told Peter that, but also here's a funny thing that Peter said. Her ducks didn't told him. I was like, wait a minute. They DM it. So he said something like, what the hell is she talking about? I'm like, I'm like, you tell me I sleep in one minute. No, I don't do that. I don't really know those ladies like that right he said i really don't know cuz when he said he didn't really know Wendy he said Robin and Giselle were cool but he said i really don't know Wendy like that essentially no he's not fucking Wendy hello i'm like um we could have known that girl let me tell you something i think peter thomas is attractive i'm also a single woman if i was married to smiling happy Eddie with them cheekbones and that skin yeah i wouldn't be trying to go find dick somewhere else i would be staying at home Making sure that smile stays on Happy Eddie's face, because I'd be sitting on it. So there's that. Um, so I think G doesn't have his own Instagram because this video popped up on Mia's Instagram where G was like, "Oh, now you act like you don't know us." And I'm like, "That's not what he said. He said he know Wendy like that." So out come the video of Wendy. I guess it was a it was a video that Peter took, and apparently it's on his Instagram of her having like um, a dish at one of, at, at bar Now what she was wearing and the thing about it when she said it, like, see, I told you, it was like, girl, that's a reach. Because what she was wearing was the yellow and black sweater that she had on when she filmed with Peter. So again, girl, gra- it's a reach. You're grasping for straws. But the thing about it is now you got Gordon and Peter going back and forth. Cause then of course, Mia's, Mia said this on the reunion. Peter said something. He put out another video saying he was found not guilty of the allegations of he assaulted a woman at bar one. He was at the Baltimore courthouse. I knew exactly where he was. Um, then Gordon said something. Then Peter put out two videos. Shout out to Rodney the Voice. The first video he deleted because he said, yeah, I talked to you a week ago about negotiations, essentially hinting at the fact that Mia is coming back next season. Blah, blah. Um, So, of course, he deleted that. And I I think he also said some angry shit, too. The second one, he said, I deleted that other video because I was a little angry. Um, He said, I didn't say I didn't know you because actually he never mentioned Gordon at all. But I think he just heard, I will know the ladies like that. He was talking about Wendy. He didn't know Wendy like that to be fucking somebody else's wife. It's like, sir, Peter may be a lot of things, but he don't seem to be somebody who be like philandering. He do not seem like a sneaky link. And the fact that this all started because Mia just threw something out because she'll be like, won't we'll start none, won't we'll be none, is actually kind of dangerous to me because she's just going to say it because she also kind of, I mean, I'm not surprised that she did this because she did this. She put out a, she released a video that she had. It was a um, cell phone video of her um, her best friend throwing a shoe at her husband when that husband had Literally, she had found out that her husband had cheated on her. Like, you know what? I could get into the nuance of girl that man cheated on her. What the hell? I'm like, well, I mean, girls, I'm like, you ain't never seen no woman so mad that that man is cheating on next to her shoe. I'm not going to make light of domestic violence. I'm not, but the fact of the matter is, you were her friend since y'all were in high school. I'm like, if she can do this to Jacqueline, doing this to Peter is no skin off her nose. It's not, it's just unfortunate, but it's in the wild 24 hours. That was Bravo. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Drew Sedora, Drew getting divorced, Larson and Tamron Hall, Peter versus G versus Mia versus the internet. I, I mean, I don't know. Let's add on the fact that Michael Darby is allegedly suing Candace for defamation. And the 24 hours of craziness that is Bravo, 24 hours of Bravo craziness. You're adding this on. I'm like, what? It's like, uh. so he is alleging that he sent a cease and desist to Candace because on one of the episodes, one of the early episodes, she alleged that um, Michael meets up with Bleep because they bleep the person out um, to get you know, fellatio, right? Now mind you, I don't think she said it anything. And the thing about she, I don't know if she said anything on Watch Live. I can't remember because she's I think she'd been on maybe twice this season. When the season was out. Can't remember if she said anything else, but I think it was just t- isolated to that episode. You know what actually could have been done? It had could have been edited out. So you're serving her a cease and desist when you really should be serving it to the production company in Bravo. Let's see if your um if his suit includes Bravo and the production company, because that's how it should go. It's like, you're going to say, this person on y'all show that y'all aired and edited said this about me and my character. Everybody should be included when everybody's involved in things. Kind of like what happens when an assistant coach at a college um, sexually harasses and assaults a player on a team. This the the institution, the athletic director, and the head coach is definitely going to be involved in that suit. Hello, copping. Okay, I can't even get. I can't even get into the um the copping of it all. I'm not going to do that because I've I've done it several times, and I'm like the thing. about it is I don't think people care. It's fine. Um, I care because I do. HR. And I'm like, girl, I could tell you exactly why he's there and why he should be there, but it's not the reason that y'all think. Check that. The fact that he wants to sue her for defamation is like, hmm. I wonder how this is going to work unless the production company and Bravo is included. You don't have a leg to stand on Stumpy, Stumpy. And also that producer that you harassed in Bahamas when Candace was performing and you thought that was Candace. I hope she got her lawyer on speed dial. If not, call some people. There's several lawyers in the Bravo space. Do not call Phaedra. Um, you can find some lawyers. Doctor Nicole's husband is a lawyer, or you know, wherever you are. It's like, girl, they don't have to be Bravo related. Girl, get you a nice little lawyer and sue him for assault. Since we're doing the suing of it all, but yeah. and hopefully there is no. Just Candace, don't even um, don't even respond to this. Um, don't. But shout out to my girl, Katie Ross, who y'all, I'm gonna put this on the microphone. I'm going to ask Katie if she would come on the show and just talk to me. Not really an interview, but just for us to talk because I would just love to see her and talk to her because I have my thoughts. Um, but Katie tweeted out, hmm, I read something ridiculous. It better be a joke. Michael, don't fuck with the real Candace. Slowly back away, son. I agree with her. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, that's it. And the fact that she's not responding because her lawyer or her team probably girl, don't even respond to such foolishness. Chef's kiss. Y'all, I hope you liked this solo dolo episode. It's talked a lot of stuff. Talked about all stuff. It's all over. It's all over the place. Um, But that's how my mind is. But I had to get that stuff. That thing with Scott Adams is so tiresome to me. Because it's the audacity for me. And then him tweeting through it and say, it's really y'all that are wrong. No, bitch, it's you. It's you. Um, But y'all, this has been the Mocha Minutes podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I know it's just, it's just me.
1: It's just me.
0: But. You know, be prepared for more solo dolo episodes, y'all. I appreciate you more than you know. Shout out to Samaj. I owe you a response to your email. I am going to get to it. I love you forever. Um, So everybody, take good care of yourselves. We are out of Black History Month, meaning no more wildly shitty things happening to Black people during Black History Month. I think one of the not shitty things that happened is Zaya Wade is now able to change her name and identify as the gender that she would like. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy for her. And I'm glad that she has a village that fucking fights for her. For real. Congrats, Zaya. Everybody, thank you so much. Angela Bassett did the thing, and she did. All right, bye. All right, guys, I'll be back next week.
1: Two breaths away from turning this page into a media literacy page because this is the third video I've had to make in the same amount of days about a trend that is actively taking something away from a marginalized group, and it's getting a little tiring. So here's the video. This boy being my DM say I'm pretty. Here's the context of that video that is not in the audio. He told me what he couldn't say in the a.m. As if telling a black girl that she is beautiful and sexy can only be done in the p.m. When it's dark and it's night no one knows. What Hank is addressing is the horrible phenomenon that people are ashamed to love black women. You co-opting this for your thirst traps is a gross misinterpretation of her words, and you can't just pick and choose what you want to use out of a piece of literature. I know we all didn't take AP Lit, but we don't have to. You just have to know where it came from.